0: To Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com. Download the new app, KDOS 1060. Apple and Android users take advantage of our listener rewards. We're going to pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Howard Balzer making some time for us today from gophnx.com to talk all things Arizona Cardinals. Howard, Bob, and Kayla, how are you doing today?
1: Doing well, doing well. How are you all doing?
0: We're doing all right. Thank you so much for the time here. And, you know, the big news, obviously, is that the Cardinals finally hired a head coach. They hired Jonathan Gannon. Uh, and let's just start with a broad question. Uh, after the opening press conference, what were your impressions about Gannon? And did anything change for you one way or another after listening to him?
1: Well, he was, he was impressive and in the press conference, uh, as I wrote. I and I, I tried looked through the record books, and I didn't see any list of uh, records for how many uh, coaches won their press conferences, and then how successful they were as coaches. but he he was, you know, he was, he was very impressive to listen to, and you can see the energy, you can see the passion. You can see how much he loves the game, how much he loves coaching. And so nothing really changed. i you know I always felt that he was. As everyone believed, he was an up-and-comer, and, but you never know about a guy as a head coach. That's the bottom line with all of us. When no one's been a head coach before, you just never know what it's going to be like. And it takes it takes more than words, obviously, and energy and passion, and all that, to win games. And that's you know that's the reality in this league because it all it all sounds good in the press conference, and all the buzzwords and all the right things are said, and it's said all around the league when they do this. You know they go through this dance every year. But the last five years, here's a little number for you. You know the last five years, there's been 37 new coaches hired, and twelve haven't even lasted three seasons. Oh. and a bunch of them only lasted two. And so when the when the reality hits, then that that's when you can really start uh, gauging how a head coach is going to do. But there's obviously so many factors that go into whether a head coach is going to be successful. And now he's got to find the right staff, get the right players and all that, and, and hope that it results in wins in a league where it's just hard to win games. That's just a fact. It sounds cliched, but it's true. It's hard to win games where a play here, a play there, something happens, you know, an officials call, whatever it might be, you know, changes the fortune of teams. And, and that's the reality of what you deal with in the NFL on a week-to-week basis.
2: Gannon on a Thursday called Kyler Murray a franchise quarterback. He's being paid to be a franchise quarterback, but is Murray a franchise quarterback in your mind?
1: He has been a time, but I think it's fair to say that it hasn't been consistently, and most of the time when it hasn't been consistently, it's because of either the players around him were hurt, like DeAndre Hopkins on a bunch of the games that he missed, or he's been hurt himself. And that's the thing that was missing yesterday, and unfortunately, unfortunately, I wasn't able uh, to be there because I uh, came, I got sick Monday morning right after the Super Bowl, and so I didn't think I should be around people. But you know, he called. He not only called him a franchise quarterback, he called him elite, an elite skill set. Michael Bidwell referred to him as elite, yeah, and all those things you can say when he's healthy. and and on the field, and he has the right people around him. The question is, can he stay healthy? And that's been my biggest question for for quite a while. He's small, and he's had seven injuries in four seasons with five of them to his legs. So it's one thing trying to get the most out of your elite quarterback, but you better be able to – you better hope that he's going to stay healthy because without that, it doesn't really matter. And I think – that's, you know, that's the big question. I would I, I would have asked something along those lines because no, you know, no one ever followed up and asked about Murray and his injuries, is there a concern, and, you know, and all those things. I asked Michael Bidwell about that the day that Cliff Kingsbury was fired, and, or maybe it was when he – you know, it was the day when Cliff Kingsbury was fired, and he danced around the question about Kyle's, Kyler Murray's style of quarterbacking and the fact that he's small, and he basically didn't answer it. So I think those remain – questions a aside from when he'll be able to play this coming season but again whether he'll be able to stay how how long will he be able to stay on the field you hope you hope maybe the injuries are behind them but obviously we know there's never a guarantee
0: Howard Balzer, gophnx.com with us here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. Uh, Monty Austinfort mentioned that Gannon's scouting background as something that was a positive, and obviously Monty comes from a strong scouting background as well. This seems to be a really big emphasis with the Cardinals. Does that suggest to you that this team really needs to start hitting and obtaining some homegrown talent?
1: Oh, no question about that. I mean, that's still the draft is still the lifeblood. Of your team, and certainly there's many other ways to add to your roster. Obviously, whether it's free agency, whether it's trades, whatever it is, sometimes you get you know you get fortunate, and the guy's cut by another team. You bring him over, and he's, he plays well for you. That that happens, you know, on the frequent occasions in the NFL. So there's a lot of ways to build a roster, but you know the key is, and and what definitely appears the case here is that, and not to say that it wasn't in the past but it definitely seems to be the case here that Jonathan Gannon and Monty Osinforth will be on the same page in terms of what they are looking for, the type of players and all those things Then it comes down to the coaches coaching them and the, and the players executing the way they're supposed to. And so that, that will be a key. The collaboration between the head the coaches, the head coach and, and the personnel staff is always vital uh, for any franchise. And so, yeah, you've got to hit on picks. You've got to, not only the early round ones but you know guys picked in the later rounds a lot of teams you look at their rosters and you see guys taking the fourth fifth sixth seventh round that, that become you know pretty good players doesn't happen all the time but you need those guys also and so that will tell the tale of this uh, this new you know these this new leadership of the team and we won't know right away but uh, we'll, we'll know in due time whether whether the guys they're bringing in will you know, we'll be, we'll be good enough to get this team rever- reversing what happened last year. And obviously, you know, a big part of reversing it is not only Kyler Murray staying healthy, it's the roster uh, staying healthy. I mean, I looked at the Chiefs and the Eagles, obviously, who just played in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs ended the season with three players on injured reserve, one of whom was a starter. The Eagles had seven, one of whom was a starter. And that, that obviously is the other, the other side of the spectrum from the Cardinals that finished the season with 18 players on injured reserve, nine of whom were starters. And so that's a big thing in terms of the health of your team. It's not only the quarterback, it's for your entire roster. And those teams had most of their main – they had a, virtually all their main guys together the entire season. And that was shown – and what they what their record was through the season and both of them advancing to the Super Bowl.
2: You yeah, back to the team building thing and the quarterback thing. Uh, you know, obviously Murray's not going to start the season. Do we just assume the Colt McCoy's returning next season?
1: I, I don't know if we can assume anything right now, Bobby. Really. I mean, you know, McCoy's a good backup to have, but we also know that, you know, the the Gardner Minshew, who was the backup of the Eagles last year, he's a free agent. Obviously don't know what Jonathan Gaddon thinks of him, and he had some rocky time you know he he played two games and the Eagles lost them both when uh, Jalen hurts uh, was out so i don't i don't I don't think that anything well I shouldn't say anything is a given uh, but i I don't know that you can you can count on a whole lot with what this roster is going look you know look like let's say when we get to training camp because there, there's there's always changes in every team every season even the winning team but when a team loses and changes coach and general manager, that results a lot of times in a lot of change on the roster. And so it'll be very, very interesting to see all the changes that are made and, like I said, what this roster looks like when they had uh, the training camp at the end of July.
0: Howard Balzer, gophnx.com here on KDOS AM 1060. It's funny you mentioned training camp. Uh, that also seemed to be this thing prevailing thought that training camp didn't go the way that they wanted it to go there were some injuries but then also it was kind of more just of a a lackluster and that they weren't able to be ready to go from day one and that seems to be an emphasis that Jonathan Gannon is going to come in with a, a completely different approach to get this team ready to go
1: yeah it's interesting Kayla because there were a lot of injuries in training camp and a lot of main guys didn't practice because of that then you had D.J. Humphreys, who wasn't practicing because he wanted a new contract, Marcus Golden. So there were a lot of people uh, Kyler Murray had a wrist injury, and then he had COVID. Uh, so he had limited uh, practice time. Marquise Brown opened training camp, a new player, with a hamstring uh, injury. So that, a lot of that was part of it. I, I think a little bit of the whole country club atmosphere thing is a little bit overblown because it's really not that much different than what goes on in most teams around the NFL, because you're only allowed to wear pads on a certain number of days. It's not like the training camps of the old days. And so I think one thing that was interesting, I don't know if you guys caught when uh, Austin Ford said something about, you know, always, you know, always being energetic, always in, always being passionate, living in the moment. And he says, like, if you're at week three in training camp and everybody's tired and it's a bit hot. And as soon as he said that, I thought, well, you don't have to worry about that here because it's never hot in training camp because they practice inside in State Farm Stadium for good reason, obviously. But you you wonder what he will feel about that because it it's certainly you know you you never have a practice when it's when it's really hot and the players are dragging and they really have to push to get through it, and so that's that's not the case there. How much that contributed, who knows? But, hey, they've won games in the past in seasons when they were still practicing there. So I think what ends up happening, I see this all the time. I, you know, we, we, Bobby, we both follow the league for a long, long time. Yeah. And I think when things are done a certain way by the coach or training camp, whatever it is, and the team's winning, everybody says, well, that's a good way to be. Then as soon as they start losing, all of a sudden, well, that's not the right way to be. It. You know, so I think it's always looking for these reasons why why things happen. Some of them that I think are overblown and aren't that big a part of it. So I'm sure he's going to work these guys. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But hey, when you have injuries, you have injuries, and there's just no there's just no way around that.
2: Will DeAndre Hopkins be on this team next season?
1: You know, my my guess would probably be no. But we certainly, you know, I've seen reports that there's going to be teams clamoring for his services. I'm sure there'll be interest in teams but we all have to be realistic about it the guy's get, he's going to be 31 in june he has a big contract and he's had injuries the last two seasons and so and with the contract when you have a big contract that always affects what a team will be willing to offer in draft choice compensation so there'll be teams that are interested but i'm not so sure they're going to be offering a package of what the rant, uh, what the Cardinals want, and so or hope to get, and so now if, if DeAndre Hopkins is dead set on I don't want to be here, I want to go somewhere where I know we're going to win. I don't want to be a part of the you know new regime or anything like that. Then that changes the parameters of it. But you know who knows? Maybe, maybe Jonathan Gannon feels he's more valued to the team being on the field. He talked about being explosive. He talked about you know being all these things on offense and defense. Well if DeAndre Hopkins isn't there who they're going to be explosive with and so i think that becomes a big question because if he's not there creates another hole on a roster that has numerous ones entering this off season so if he would still be willing to be here i'm not i'm not predicting it'll happen i don't think it's out of the question that he could stay but if he leaves that obviously creates an issue and but i'm i'm, I'm certainly not convinced that they'll get Real good value for him because of the other points I brought up.
0: You mentioned uh, those pillars: uh, adaptable, violent, explosive, smart. Those are the things that uh, Jonathan Gannon wants to have this Arizona Cardinals team be about and play with. Uh, it kind of to your point here about DeAndre Hopkins, the injury with Kyler Murray, just a lot of question marks. Does it almost seem like it's setting itself up for it? it it doesn't really matter what happens in year one because some of the key things that he wants to instill, the pieces may not be, be there for it to take place.
1: It, it very well could. And I think it's a dangerous way to go because I think it's fair to say that if you know whatever the record is after six games, if Hopkins isn't there, and obviously Murray probably won't be, and if you have a bad record – you know that there's going to be a certain portion of the outside noise, which is good to hear Jonathan Gannon say he doesn't pay attention to it because that's the only way you can really operate because so much of the outside noise isn't very knowledgeable. It's just knee-jerk emotional responses. But you know some of those will be, oh, boy, they picked the wrong guy. They picked the wrong guy. And people say, well, they don't have Murray. They don't have Hopkins, And people say, well, who cares? You know, you got to coach the guys you have. You know, it's just an injuries are an excuse. And, and that's what you know. The vocal negative minority uh, will, will often say and so. But I, I think that could be part of what the diminished expectations should be uh, for this team going into the season. Now, obviously, we don't know what the roster is going to look like. What you know, what are the draft picks going to be? You know, who are the players going to be? Will they be active in free agency? I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, maybe if Hopkins leaves. They can, you know, they can put. You know, get it, get somebody else that's a, a top-line receiver. But it's unlikely that it would be anybody even close to resembling DeAndre Hopkins. So there, there's still some good foundation of players on this team. But, you know, who knows? They, will they re-sign Zach Allen? Will they re-sign Byron Murphy, Jr.? You know, there's so many of these questions that we don't have the answers for yet that it'll take some time before we can really let it play out and, and see what we feel about this team. When July rolls around,
2: last one for me. We haven't talked since Austin Fort got hired. So, what was your initial impression about him, and has that you know, changed anything in the last you know two weeks?
1: <laughs> well, you know he does he does seem to you know have a lot of people who have supported him. He seems to have a good handle on the whole personnel process in the places that he's been, and you know obviously I, I think this. You know, he had his eye on Jonathan Gaddon all along for this hire, and while we were all lamenting why it's taking so long, why it's taking so long, obviously they were waiting for Jonathan Gaddon to be available to interview, and that could only happen after, after his team was eliminated from the playoffs. And so now they have it. He, he's got to put together a good staff, and certainly some of the guys that have been asked to interview, requested to be interviewed, it, it looks like it's going to be a pretty young staff, that doesn't it's not necessarily a bad thing, but and you you, bet, you better be able to jump in it quickly. but I think I think Austin Ford has a it looks like he has a pretty good handle on the pro, personnel process, keeping in mind that he, ha, he has to work with most of the same personnel people that Steve Kime worked with because yeah he did bring in his own uh, assistant general manager from the Lions. Uh, but aside from that, you know scouts don't leave teams before the draft because of contract situation, other guys in the scouting department, you know, they don't switch teams for the most part during this period of time because of contracts and teams don't want having a guy take all the work he did for your team, taking it to another, you know, those changes usually happen after the draft. So he's got to go through this and he'll be evaluating, obviously all the scouts that are there and seeing which ones he wants to keep, which ones he wants to move on from. But that's obviously going to be something to watch as Jonathan Gannon, he builds a coaching staff and a team for his first time, and Monty Asenfort does it for the first time because there's a lot of people that you know, you'll hire. Here's a little number for you that I had checked out. Last last season, including Steve Kime, there were uh, – I'm trying to remember the number. There were 20, uh, 20, uh, 20 members of the personnel staff that had – Aside from scouts that had titles and thirteen scouts, so that that's a that's a pretty big uh, you know that's a pretty large number of people uh, Mm -hmm. that there are doing a variety of jobs and maybe I'm remember it might not be as high as twenty but it's a pretty darn big number of what that personnel staff including scouts uh, is made up of and he's responsible for all of them and so that's going that's going to determine how he does obviously in this first shot at being a general manager. And his, his ear will probably be defined by this Jonathan Gannon, Gannon hire because I think that, like I said, he was his guy all along, and that's who he wanted to hire, I think, from the very beginning.
0: Howard, we greatly appreciate you taking some time with us. Feel better, and we'll catch up with you in the off season.
1: Sounds good. I always enjoy coming on with you guys. Take care.
0: Thank you. Once again, he is Howard Balzer, and you can follow his work over at gophnx.com.